Hey, this is your Olympic hero, Kurt Angle, and you're listening to The Statement Show with Zach and Terry. Oh, it's true. It's damn true. From the Night Shift Crew Studios in the D.C. metro area, this is The Statement Show. The lights are on. Hey, guys, it's Ivonica Dabba. Hey, guys, this is Brie Olson. You know what your name is, Dan Dross. I'm Jim Harold from the Paranormal Podcast. Hi, this is Zach Ward, otherwise known as the legendary Scott Farkas. This is Jackie Joy, and you are listening to the hottest podcast around, The Statement Show, with Terry James and Zach Yankee. Welcome back to another edition of The Statement Show. I'm Terry James. And I'm Zach Chahey. And we're the podcast that fits a no category. And what a way to bring in the new year with The Statement Show guest Kurt Angle. 1996 Olympic gold medalist, multiple WWE and TNA championship wins. Kurt has acted in movie and television events as well as promoting charitable organizations. We welcome Kurt Angle to The Statement Show. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on. Great honor to have you on here, Mr. Angle. Or we'll just call you Kurt. (laughs) (laughs) That's fine. fine. (laughs) I got to say, you're... You make me sound older than I am. (laughs) (laughs) I got to say, you're one of my top three all-time favorite wrestlers. Wow. You know, usually they just say you're my favorite. (laughs) (laughs) No, no. I mean, you made at least the third. <laughs> no, I I, I got to say my number one, Zach. No, I definitely. Uh, so I'm just going to throw this out there right now because I'm going to get my own fan stuff out of the way first. Uh, Bret Hart was always my favorite until you started wrestling, and then I I just you you bring something extra to the table and you, the the humor you brought to it. Uh, yep. I mean, you were just fantastic in the ring. Uh, when you left the WWE, yeah, I, I, I stopped watching. <laughs> so. <laughs> You know, I, Brett was my favorite too. Him and uh, Rick Flair. I, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. I got a lot, lot of watching them. I never watched wrestling until I, until I signed with WWE in 1999. So I had a, a lot of work cut out for me, but, um, I loved the way that Rick Flair was able to entertain and not just, not just a great wrestler, but a great entertainer. Um, I, I don't put him and Bret Hart in the same category. I think Brett was more of a, you know, an, a, a, an incredible wrestler. You know, he was, he got in that ring and he did it better than anybody else. But all around, I thought that Ric Flair was the most versatile wrestler I've ever seen. Yeah, it's it's kind of amazing that, you know, you, I, that, that was just kind of something Zach and I were just talking about. You kind of have that combination. Obviously, we're an amazing wrestler, but you had the showmanship kind of a lot like, I mean, you know, no offense to The Rock. The Rock was, a you know, a great showman, <laughs> but his, his moves were meh. You know, you had the technical well-being to do everything, and 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 just oh my goodness, your your showmanship was just crazy. It's, it's funny because I was watching a a YouTube clip the other night with the one with you and the Undertaker, where you had the uh, the little moped and you brought that down, and I was cracking up. I love that. I loved how you did that. I, you you really just it was a lot of fun back then. You're right. We we had a lot more leeway back then. I, sure. I wish we were the same today. You know, today they they gear more for kids, but Back then, we, we were trying to zone in on the young adults, and uh, it worked extremely well. And we had it, it was a there was a plethora of talent. Just the whole the whole squad meant something. Um, you know, the Godfather would come out to be in the show with his hose, and, <laughs> and Val Venus would be next. Uh, you know, obviously the porn star. <laughs> right. And then you know you had Crash Holly, Crash Holly, Bob Holly. You had Chris Jericho, Benoit, Benoit Undertaker, right. myself. It was. 
it just went on and on. I, I haven't seen a rock show like that, even though I think the talent today is is pretty damn close. So it's it, good. You know, it's it's uh, good. Just a different time. Yeah. Uh, right before we get into any more wrestling questions, obviously we want to talk about yes. your your app and uh, the Angle Strong app. But um, I'm I've actually lived in Greensburg, Pennsylvania, for a little while while my brother oh. was in in uh, going to pit. And uh, he actually wanted me to mention the fact that he had met you once at the gym in Greensburg, and you uh, offered to take him out to your your you had a Jeep Cherokee at the time. I want to say this is ninety six, ninety seven, some time frame. Um, and you gave him an autographed poster, and uh, apparently yeah. uh, you were promoting ostrich meat at the time. Yeah, I remember your brother. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I remember same... doing that. I I was out there visiting a girlfriend. I used to train out there every once in a while. I do remember that day. Yeah, I, I had worked out at that gym. It's about the only good gym in the area at that time. But um, big track yeah, out front. Yeah. But yeah, he's he's that's yeah, like one nice. of yeah. that's one of his shining moments meeting you. He's always brought that up to me. So, <laughs> uh, and I had a hard time believing him because you know, come on, Kurt Angle, really? Yeah, <laughs> but you'd be Kurt Angle. He Liar. talked about he had talked about some of the football players out there. I mentioned how they have they heard you training on one of the hills, a tree. Something tree. I, I can't remember exactly where. It's a green tree. Is that right? You used to yeah, carry yeah, somebody up a right. hill or something like that when you were training? Yeah. Yeah, a lot. I used to do it uh, 50 times a day. Uh, it was about 180 yards. And I used to go up a steep hill with my uh, training partner on my back. It was, uh, I did a lot of training. A lot of training that was, it had to do with the getting exhausted because, um, I did a, a method called exhaust training where you train to where you couldn't stand and that's when it began. Um, what that enabled you to do, although nobody likes being tired, but it enabled me to think straight while I was ready to fall. Like, uh, uh, it, it, my mind was telling me I still had that more left in the tank, even though I didn't. So, uh, mentally it, it, it really helped me, uh, out condition my opponents. And I learned that from Dan Gable in Iowa. I went out there to train for three and a half weeks which I never did it again because his training is borderline abuse. It's um, it's to the point where uh, a lot of wrestlers, uh, most likely if you're not an Iowa wrestler and you're not used to it, you're going to get hurt because he's going to train you till you can't stand anymore. You're going to throw up. Uh, you're going to get sick, and he's going to want you to continue to train. Uh, learning that from Dan Gable, I, I, I took 80% of that and, and – Put it to my playbook. Um, the rest of it, I, I didn't want any, anything to do with. Uh, I'm not an Iowa wrestler. I'm not. Uh, I'm not a headbanger, hand fighter. I'm more of a finesse wrestler. So uh, I knew that I did not want to go there, but I also knew that it'd be good for me to train there. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and to be honest with you, Kurt, I mean, obviously everyone knows you from wrestling and, and, and the questions have been absolutely pouring in for you. Uh, and we're going to save them for a little bit later in the show, especially the one that everyone wants to know. And that's if you're coming back to the <laughs> WWE and we're going to hold off on that one. We're going to, we're going to make them wait a little no, bit. He's never but, heard that question before. Yeah. He's never, he's ne <laughs> never heard that one. <laughs> but before we do. The whole show. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. But we, but Kurt is here to talk with us about his angle strong app that helps others battling addiction kurt tell us a little bit about your app man well to begin with i um you know i went to rehab about four years ago and i got clean uh, i had a, a serious uh, painkiller problem and, it, and it, it came to uh the second time i broke my neck uh, it was the first time i broke in WWE in 2003 and 
I was introduced to painkillers. And when the first one I took, I was hooked. Um, mm-hmm. And when that didn't work, it went to two, two went to four, four went to eight. Uh, before I knew it, I'd say within four to five months, I was up to 65 extra St. Bucket in a day. Oh um, I was I was out of control. Uh, I was hiding it pretty well. Uh, you know, the WV didn't really know how much I was taking. They knew I was taking something uh, because of my injuries. But uh, back then, they weren't really drug testing, so um, I was able to get away with it without, uh, you know, without getting a hit for, uh, you know, any penalty for, for taking something that wasn't uh, what WV would not allow you to take. Uh, you know, obviously, the, you know, not having a, a drug uh, they don't have the drug program. Back then, they didn't have it like they do now. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, they're, they're covering everything. So they got the, all their corners covered now. But um, I, I just felt like when I got clean, um, I noticed nobody was really talking about their addiction. Nobody, everybody kept it quiet. Uh, you're also taught in rehab to keep it quiet. Uh, go to your, you know, do your 12 step, go to your AABs, don't, don't involve anyone else. And, and it really wasn't helping anybody. Uh, it just got worse and worse. I mean, in 2014, there were over 23,000 opioid deaths. Uh, in 2015, over 30,000. There are 78 Americans die each day from opioids, and 21 million in America have a drug disorder. 10% of that 21 million, that's only 2 million get treatment. And 5% of that 10%, which is a half of 1%, stay clean in recovery. So you have 21 million addicts out there. And only uh, less than 1% are staying clean. Uh, this is the worst epidemic in U.S. history. It even hits kids 12 to 17. Three million kids have a drug disorder at 12 to 17 years of age. They were taking opioids. So this is something that I knew uh, I wanted to come forward with something. And, and I wanted to try to start helping people uh, to beat this epidemic. It's going to be a long road, but... The Angle Strong app is uh, going to be going live on 1-15-2017, and I'm really excited about it. It's, uh, this app was created by Dr. Jonas and the Silver Network, and I teamed up with him, and uh, we've decided that we're gonna we're gonna take this to the masses. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be honest with you, Kirk. This issue, um, you know, it, it's it's something that's very near and dear to my heart. You know, I lost an uncle last year. Um, and, and many other friends in the past due to addictions. Um, and it, the unfortunate part is we tend to focus on heroin or cocaine. And obviously for good reason, you know, the heroin, yeah, you know, ep- yeah. epidemic has been, it's, it's huge, major in the United States and, and now going across the world. But as you stated, the raw facts are prescription painkillers are, are, they are really killing more people than heroin and cocaine combined. And that's scary. That's very scary. Yeah, you're absolutely right, and, and it's, it's about time that someone did something about it. I, I, I have never heard of a you know a celebrity coming out and talking openly about it. Um, I did talk to some celebrities uh, after I went to rehab, and uh, they've been talking. Just keep it quiet, do do your own thing, and 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 I just felt like I'm too outspoken to do that. Mm-hmm. I need to I need to help other people, uh, you know, better their lives, and and this, this is what I'm doing now. This is my this is my number one priority, um, above wrestling. So this is, this is the one thing that I'm going to do probably for the rest of my life. And, mm-hmm. and I just hope that I can help more and more people and save more lives. Well, that's a great thing because most of us, you know, we can do things, you know, general people like Zach and myself, we can do things and no one would ever notice. But 
someone like yourself who's a very public figure, you know, when you're charged with the DUIs and checking into rehab and things like unfortunately, you are under the microscope and and we as men we tend to have that macho you know, I don't have to tell anybody. I'm too manly to admit my addiction or my fear or whatever. Yeah. But in a very strange way, Kirk, you know, you can be the voice for a lot of people. And I, I really believe this app can help turn people around. I really do. Well, I, yeah, I, definitely. I, I loved everything about it. Turning very negative situations yeah. into a very positive situation. And that's that's something very admirable. I like that. So um, you said it goes live on the 15th of this month. Yeah, we're we're ahead of schedule, but we're going to launch it on the fifteenth of January. Um, we'll, our our website will be going live next week, anglestrong dot com. Uh, we're basically the new addiction recovery aftercare. We're gonna we're gonna take care of you. We're gonna we're gonna monitor you. Uh, this app is incredible. I mean, this the Dr. Jonas did an amazing job with this thing. I mean, it, it, this isn't just for the patient. Now, you know, patients studies have shown that patients. Uh, usually relapse for 99% of the time they relapse is when they are isolated. Uh, we want families involved in this. We want to get loved ones, sponsors, families involved uh, so that they can have some form of contact without being overbearing. We don't want to, we don't want to crowd or smother the addict, the recovering addict, but we want someone to be there to know uh, they're going to be okay. Uh, this app is GPS enabled. So in case of an emergency, we can get to you. Um, the, the family, the, we call it the lifeline. If, if you don't check in daily, your family's notified. So you, as long as you're checking in, you're doing the things that we tell you to do on the app. And there, there are many things that this app does. Um, the family will be, will know that you're at least safe. And, and I think that's the most important thing. You're right. That, that was actually when I was looking through the pamphlet there for the Angle Strong app. That was the one thing that stuck out to me the most was the push notification. I, I love oh, that yeah. aspect of it, you know, where the loved ones and the care managers, they're notified, uh, you know, when the user neglects to complete their check-ins. I think that is so amazing. I, that really could help save a lot of people. That, and, and I went to rehab, and I, I did the 12-step program. I, I love the 12-step, but, but that's not for everyone. This mm-hmm. app isn't just for the 12-step. It's for, for everybody. It, a lot of people don't like the 12-step, and, and whether it, it has to do with uh, your belief in God or, 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 or if it's, you know, the things that you have to do in the 12 steps. Uh, this is more of a positive message program. It, it's not, it's not the things will be difficult. Things are going to be harder for a while. It's more of, you know, start your new life. Start it positive. Uh, you know, no more being difficult for a while. It's about positivity. Your life will get so much better. We'll promise. It's about embracing your new life and having fun with it. And, and it's okay to talk about your addiction if it helps. Uh, that's that's where we have been so quiet about it. Nobody wants to talk about it. So uh, if you open up, you're able to at least talk about it and get it off your chest and talk about the things that are bothering you. And I think that's that's the one thing we can do with this app is we can be your counselor. You know, we this app is going to be a dollar a day. That sounds pricey, three hundred sixty-five dollars a year, but uh, compared to counseling or going back to rehab, or, mm-hmm. especially if your insurance doesn't cover all of it. This is really cheap. So this is our, this is your aftercare and this is what we're going to do. And, and everybody on my team is committed a hundred percent. We're actually going to, we're not only doing the, the things that the app does, but we're, we're going to be sending you positive daily messages. I'm going to have a monthly Skype call with everybody, every member of Angle Strong. You can go on the chat line and talk to other recovering addicts. 
This is only for the Anglestone app um, user. Uh, mm-hmm. This won't be open for the public. To anybody that signs up for the app. That is fantastic. And and when like Zach and I were talking off the air, you know, with the pres- with the prescription painkillers, they're so readily available. For instance, I- I'll give you an example, Kirk. I was <laughs> I was actually at the dentist. I had a tooth pulled. And instead of them writing out something for, you know, some Tylenol or just saying, hey, you know, you'll be fine in a couple hours, they were ready to give me Vicodin or Percocet or something like that. Give me the good stuff, right? Right, Not even asking. Yeah, not even asking for it. They said, well, that was the funny part, uh, Zach, because when they wrote the prescription out, they just handed it to me, said, we wrote this out, here you go. You know, I actually looked at them and said, I don't want it because I know the kind of person that I am. Well, that's just it, Kurt, because I'm a very... I, you know, I, when I go, when I do something, I go all in. That's, that's the unfortunate aspect. And whether that's, you know, if it's work, that's a great thing. But when it's, yeah. you know, drugs or alcohol, it, it that could be, be a, a real bad thing. thing. And it could be a, yeah, <laughs> exactly be a right. thing. I'm the same way. And you're <laughs> absolutely right. You know, the, the crazy thing about in 2016, U.S. doctors prescribed narcotic painkillers. 99% of the, hand, the, the ones they handed out were, a, were exceed the federally recommended three days of dosage mm-hmm. limit. So, they're, they're handing out more than they're supposed to. And, 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 and it's just, it's just making the epidemic worse. It, it really is, you know, and I, I'm, a, I'm a firm yeah. believer that you have to hit rock bottom, you know, before you actually start rebuilding yourself, you know, and I know sometimes, unfortunately, people <laughs> yeah. kind of, they do, you know, and, but the unfortunate, the good part for you, you recognize that, but sometimes people, you know, they lose their friends, they lose their family, their homes, their cars and all that. And they, that's when they figure it out. Did you did you have a rock bottom that you had to hit before you knew that it was time to get straight? Well, I was still in denial when I went to rehab. I only went to help with my DUI case. But when I got there, I learned so much about my disease. The, the fact is, I had four DUIs in five years. I, I was out of control. Um, I didn't think anything of it. I just thought that, you know, let me, let me go to rehab and uh, the judge will hear about it and maybe he'll you know, drop my sentence to reckless driving. Um, it was just, uh, as an addict, you are in denial. You don't, you don't want to admit that, that, that you have a serious problem. I, I had a serious problem for a good, geez, I'd say 10 years. And, uh, I had, I had to do something about it and I'm glad I did. Uh, I never would have done it unless, uh, Dixie Carter, uh, after my fourth DUI offense, she's like, listen, you, you might want to go to rehab. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, you know what? You're right. I, yeah, you're right, Dixie, because I, that'll help my DUI case. That's what I thought, you know, and, uh, I was in absolute denial. But when I got there, I, I looked around, I saw the other people, I heard their stories. Uh, they made me want to tell the truth about mine, uh, especially when you're in a room with other addicts. You're going to tell your story, the, the, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. Um, that, that's one thing you learn in rehab, uh, especially with the 12 steps is, being honest with other people and yourself, uh, especially addicts. So um, when I went in there and I saw how bad they were, and then I and then I looked at myself and, and, mm-hmm. and measured myself against them, I wasn't much better. I, I had a, I not only had an opioid problem. I was I was out of control drinking alcohol. I was taking benzos, Xanax, um, uh, because of anxiety about hurting my neck again. Uh, so I, I was a wreck when I went to rehab, and uh, when I got out, I've been uh, almost four years clean now. Well, no doubt. I mean, sixty-five extra strength Vicodin a day. I mean, I don't even. How were you even standing? I don't even know how you could 
<laughs> oh my! You just build up a tolerance, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> I was also taking it was it was I got really bad. I was also taking Soma, Xanax. Um, I I I was taking everything for whatever I needed for, whether it was my neck, my knee. If I wasn't sleeping, I'd take Soma. If I was uh, having anxiety, I'd take Xanax. And I just started mixing it and, and uh, you know, making cocktails and they were really dangerous. Hmm. And, uh, I just knew, I knew when I was in rehab, uh, I didn't want to go back to that. And I promised myself I wouldn't. Uh, it's the, it's the one thing you have to do is be honest with yourself when you're in there and you got to make that commitment. And I did. And, and, you know, I, I'm very blessed. I thank God every day that I don't have the triggers that a lot of addicts do. Um, I, I've been so, uh, focused on my wrestling career and, and staying clean and my family that um, I don't ever want to go back to that. So I'm very confident I won't, but I always keep my guard up. Yeah, definitely. Especially with five kids, you don't really have much time to do anything <laughs> at all. <laughs> yeah, they, <laughs> keep you they, busy. Make me, they keep me really busy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. I think it was a Twitter picture. I think it was of you that you were you taking you were taking your daughter to something. You had your little tiara on. She had her tiara and you had one on. Yeah. That was amazing. I that was hate. a great picture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, I have fun with them. I, I have four girls and a boy, uh, mm. my older daughter and my and my son do not live with me. They come up and visit about six or seven times a year. They, my three little ones, I spend all day long with them. So, uh, you know, I can get rather goofy with them, and uh, I actually enjoy it. That's great. That's so great. Well, actually, before we get into any of the uh, listener questions, I do want to let everyone know, uh, once the Strong app is up, here's how you're going to do this. You're just going to go to the Android App Store, Google Play Store, uh, Apple App Store, whatever you want to do, search for Angle Strong, select the Angle Strong logo, click install. When you're done downloading, open the app and click sign up. You want to enter the information with the code STRONG, that's S-T-R-O-N-G, STRONG. Open that app, be on your way to recovery with Kurt Angle. Kurt, man, I, awesome. I love this app. Good I really, job. <laughs> I do love it. Man. Thank you. Thank so you. I feel like we have like a ton of questions for you. And like I say, we're go- we're going to hold off for that for that last one. But uh, one that I really did love, I-, I-, I found this to be true, you know, after hearing all this. And we all know about Kurt Angle, the wrestler. But then we heard so much about you. But we did have a question from uh, Ken Yasser. And he says, I would love a Kurt Angle autobiography. Any plans for a book, Kurt? Um. Yeah, yeah, I, I do have plans for a book. I've actually been working on one. Um, it's to add to the, the last one. The last one I did was in WWE. It was my first year in WWE, so it didn't really cover a lot of my pro wrestling career. It was more about my Olympic career and growing up. Uh, but, but the one thing I did want to do is write about my uh, struggles with addiction and uh, also write about my pro wrestling career. So I'd say the book will probably come out in the next, year and a half to two years um i've been working with it with an author and uh we're we're getting close to being finished but we want to make sure it's it's the you know it's perfect so we're gonna we're we're taking our time and we're making sure it, it is what we want it to be and i get the very first autograph copy that's correct right? <laughs> well, <laughs> hey course. i actually read the first one it was very i thought it was pretty good um i loved all the the stories that were in there Especially the one about the, uh, the somebody snatched your your gold medal at the, one of the shows, and and yeah. Vince actually offered a reward to get it back, 
And uh, yeah. I thought that was pretty courageous. But I was actually really yeah, surprised. Was to, yeah, I was really surprised to hear you actually had the real one with you. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> Vince McMahon wanted me to bring it on the road. But the great thing about Vince was uh, once it was stolen, it was it was recovered. Um, he made three three mock ones uh, so that we had them uh, at the shows. Uh, so uh, after that, I didn't have to worry. Uh, when I first started, I wore a bunch of medals that were uh, from my childhood. They weren't mm-hmm. really Olympic gold. But later on, I started wearing the real one with the green, uh, uh, the, the, the neck uh, ribbon. It's a green ribbon. So uh, that was my real Olympic gold medal. And then Vince made three mocks uh, to, so that uh, I didn't have to bring them anymore. And believe it or not, those mock-ups were three thousand dollars each. Oh wow! That's how expensive it is to make a fake gold medal. That's crazy. <laughs> that is insane. <laughs> Let's see here. Let me go with. Uh, we'll go with uh, Terry Cecil. He says, "When you were taking part of the Attitude Area, uh, excuse me, Attitude Era, did WCW ever try to sign you away?" Mm, that's a good question. Yes, uh, not, not sign me away, but before I signed with WWE, I did speak with Ric Flair and, um, he told me flat out, he said, you don't want to come here. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're going to ruin your career. Go to WWE, let Vince McMahon mold you into the star that you deserve to be. And, and I listened to Rick and, and I didn't know Rick at the time. Was, you know, he knew I won the Olympics and I was at a gym down in North Carolina, one of his gyms. It was a gold's gym and, he sat down and talked to me for about a half hour, nicest guy in the world, and he mm-hmm. told me to stay, stick with the WWE, go there, and make a name for yourself. And he was absolutely right. WCW went out of business, I think, the first year I started. So he was right. He he is just someone that I would love to get on the show. Oh, my goodness. He is so amazing. Is he, incredible. Is, is he like, I mean, obviously, he's a showmanship. You know, he's got the whole showmanship thing. But, I mean, cameras are off. You're talking to him. Is he still wound, or is he just normal guy? He's the same. Yeah, he just seems he, like he, he would be. He never, yeah, he thinks he's performing all the time. Oh, wow. That is Rick. Sty- style and a profile until the day, until last. <laughs> That's right. He'll do it the day he dies. He loves that. It's not even a gimmick. That's the real Rick Flair. Wow. Chad Hudson, he wants to know uh, as far as uh, Reigns has gone, like a lead balloon, he thinks, you know, Roman Reigns has gone over like a lead balloon. He wants to know if you think it was for bad booking. Or what do you think the opinion, your opinion is as far as how he could turn it around? And of course he said, PS, you're okay, awesome. Well, Roman Reigns, for one, Roman Reigns is talented. I don't care what anyone says. You I agree. deny that the kid knows how to work. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I believe what happened to him was that, um, they didn't have him go through the ringer. They didn't have him win the European title, or um, I should say the Intercontinental title, U.S. title, King of the Ring. They just threw him up then right away. And the fans don't like that. They, they want you to earn your keep. Um, uh, if any wrestler has ever done that, I don't know of one, but, um, it seemed like that they were really trying to push Roman faster than he should have been pushed. Um, I think that he will, he will earn the respect of fans. It's going to take a little bit uh, more time, but him winning that U.S. title definitely helps. So him holding the title right now. Um, I think that, uh, fans will be more acceptable, but let's not, let's not pretend that there are fans that don't like him. Uh, just like John Cena, mm-hmm. there are fans that didn't like John Cena either. Right. So you have to, you have to, you know, for Vince McMahon, it's not a, not a difficult choice. You keep Roman Reigns in the picture and you just continue to push him. And eventually someday, uh, it, it won't be the half and half, 50 and 50, 50 to like him, 50 to don't. 
eventually it'll go up where it's 60, 70 percent. You're not always going to get uh, fans that like, uh, I don't know anybody that every fan likes. So what I'm saying, unless maybe you're the undertaker, <laughs> you know, but, <laughs> yeah. um, you're, you're going to have people that don't like you. I have people that hated my guts and, <laughs> and, and they, they have more respect for me now knowing who I am and what I was able to accomplish when I started because I was a heel most of my career in WWE and they, they hated me for that. But then when they were watching film of me or watching the WWE Network, they were like, man, I appreciate what you did. Like, you were you were really good at that, you know? Yes. So it was like, it's like now they like me more for what I did as a heel than, than when, I, when I was a babyface. So uh, I, I, I actually, you know, that, that's a huge compliment. So obviously I was doing my job right. And uh, at the time people were hating me, but they appreciated it later on and said, man, you know, me hating your guts, um, you know, yeah. uh, made me want to watch even more and, and it inspired <laughs> me. And, uh, and now I appreciate what you did for us. So it's kind of cool to hear those kind of compliments. I'm up in the air on that one. I don't know. I truly loved you <laughs> when you first came in and were, you know, you just had that. Well, you have to love the heels to love me. <laughs> I know, right? You're funny. But yeah, I think you were hilarious. It's, it's that gray yeah, area, yeah, though. It's, it's like, it is. Yeah, because Stone Cold Steve Austin yeah, it, had the same. They wanted him to be a heel, but no matter yeah. how hard they tried, he just kept popping. As much popping. as The Rock did it. Rock was the same <laughs> way, right? Yep. And and, and Yeah, they, they both started out as heels. And, and, and Austin popped me a lot. That guy, he was the best improviser I ever ever got in the ring with. He he could he could cut a promo uh, without without having anything prepared, and it could go 20 minutes, and he'd be entertaining as hell. He was just so funny and entertaining, but he could also back it up in the ring. Austin is the most under appreciated wrestler because his character was so strong right people loved the character they didn't know that he actually was one of the best wrestlers um i i, I learned so much from him he was i i well we didn't have to put matches together he'd just tell me what to do the whole time so uh i never had anybody do that the whole entire match and uh austin uh for 80 percent of it austin you know we, we'd have the finish plan you know or the comeback in the finish plan but the rest of it Austin would just guide me through because uh, back then I was only in the business a year, a year and a half when I was wrestling. I was main event with Austin. I didn't even know what I was doing. <laughs> so I needed someone like him. And he, he really helped me a lot. No, he has who, nice. I, I listened to his podcast and I actually oh, listened to the interview you, you did with him recently. Fantastic. Right. He had nothing but nice things yeah. to say about you as well. And the fact that you were such a big ribber too. Practically, <laughs> yeah. practical jokes. And they had just talked about that recently. And I thought that was pretty, pretty funny. Yeah, Austin, he's a joker, man. He's incredible, though. I love the guy. Was there one wrestler that you really loved to, to wrestle more than anyone else? I mean, did you have that one person that just you clicked with more than anyone else? Benoit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, oh. you know, you watch those matches. You're not going to see matches like that anymore. Um, Chris and I just, we, we had an intensity that was unmatched. And mm -hmm. when we got together... It wasn't like we were out trying to out intensify each other. It just, it just clicked. The wrestling clicked. It wasn't just the spots, mm -hmm. uh, the false finishes and stuff. It was from beginning to end. I mean, the match was just, uh, nonstop action, incredible wrestling, uh, uh, submission trade off. It, it just had everything you wanted uh, all in one. It, it, it was, it, you know, especially the match I had with him in 2003 at the Royal Rumble for the WWE title. Um, 
if you ever, if you've never seen that match, watch it. If, if you can't tell me that that's not one of the top three greatest matches of all time, then you're nuts. And, and I give the credit to Benoit for that, not even me, because I structured the match. Um, he was able to match the intensity and, and, and be able to do the trade-offs with me. Um, so me calling the match and structuring it and Chris Benoit being able to stay with me and keep going and me being an Olympic gold medalist, I was, I was, we were doing takedowns and he was able to counter. Um, and he never wrestled during his life, not amateur wrestling. So, um, I, he was a special talent and, um, I'll never forget the matches I had with him. I, I also loved Eddie Guerrero. Um, mm. you know, uh, definitely Brock Lesnar, Undertaker, <laughs> Shawn Michaels. Triple H, Rock, Austin, they, they were all great. I mean, I, I was really blessed to have a lot of talent to work with, especially my first couple of years when I didn't know what I was doing. I, I, I think my biggest regret is never seeing you and Brett. Uh, and, you know, the funny part is every time yeah. I hear an interview with him, he mentions the same thing. He, You were the one person he regrets never getting in the squared circle with. Well, I called him. I called him in 2003 or four, and I said, listen, you don't have to take a bump. Let me do, let me do the whole match. Um, I'll do the bumping and feeding. You just, you just stay in there and let, let's have a great match. He didn't want to do it. And, and I understand now he, he, he couldn't have, after he had that stroke and he got kicked by Goldberg or whatever happened to, you know, his head, brain injury. Um, he knew he couldn't have the Bret Hart Kurt Angle match he wanted. So mm-hmm. he wasn't willing to do it. And, and I get it because me, you know, I'm, I'm approaching 50. I can still go. But, you know, 10 years from now, if, if, uh, Seth Rollins came to me and said, Hey, let's, let's do this match. I, I'll do all the bumping. Don't worry about it. And I'm thinking it's not going to be that good because yeah. I can't stay with him. So, you know, I understand how Brett felt at the time. Mm-hmm. And, and it hurt my feelings a little bit because two years later, he wrestled Vince. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah that, I'm pretty sure that, that check was, was pretty good. So, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, Bret Hart and Vince in a street fight, that isn't literally a wrestling match. So I understand why Brett mm-hmm. did it, but it, it hurt my feelings a little bit at first, but then I understood why he did it. Bef- before we get into this last question, I know we've taken up more time than we, we were supposed to, but I, I, I got to ask, uh, I need to know what your yeah. opinion is. The, the, the latest match with Brock Lesnar and Goldberg, I feel like everybody was really, they were cheering on Goldberg. I just, I felt like it was a letdown. I felt like, they have built Goldberg or they've built Brock Lesnar up to this this beast and it to have him taken out yeah. so easily. I, I don't know. I just I'm a big Brock Lesnar fan and yeah. I, I just can't accept that it was that easy. I know they're trying to build it up, but it kinda it kinda to me it belittles all the people he's beaten since then. It makes it look like he was so easy. Uh do you do you agree well, with the I, match I, or you know what? I, I look at it this way. It, it could have been a, you know, 12, 15 minute match. Uh, but, you know, I, I think that they also have to understand, and I think the fans have to understand this. Goldberg hasn't been around for, you know, what, 12, 13, 14 years? Yeah. Um, I, they don't know if he's capable of going 15 minutes and, and not that Goldberg can. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he can, but, but they weren't sure. And, and the biggest bang for the buck is to go with, what the old Goldberg used to do. And what the old Goldberg used to do, two minutes every match. So I, I get why they did it. I just think that maybe Brock wasn't the right person. Um, but, but you know, it, it was a shocker. And, and that's always a good thing. 
I just don't think that anybody could do that to Brock. <laughs> um, <laughs> no. You know, and, <laughs> especially a healthy Brock Lesnar. Um, uh, you know, it's uh, so I, I understand. I can see both sides. I, I think it's a big left down there where the match was a minute and a half. But, you know, it was Goldberg, and that's what he did. And that's how he became a big name, is having 90-second, 120-second matches. Yeah. And, and that's, what the, that's what the WWE produced, was a two-minute match from Goldberg, just like the old days. And I think that a lot of fans don't remember, or, or there are new fans today that never saw that. Uh, they obviously can watch it in the WWE Network and everything, but... Um, I think that they were trying to educate people on how the old Goldberg was by doing what he did to Brock. Sure. Building up an, another match for a comeback. Sure. We'll see how that goes. Um, and obviously, the, the one question everybody wants to know. Uh, yeah, you know, because, Zach, we get, we'll get like 100. <laughs> we got 100 and some odd questions. This is no lacquer. We got like over 100 and some odd questions just for you. Okay. Just for you about wrestling, about everything. Okay. But over, what was it, Zach? Probably 60 of them uh, were this question. Go ahead, Zach. Do it. So, um, <laughs> what's your favorite burger? Burger King every time. No, it's, it's going it, <laughs> to, no, WWE. Are we going to see it? Are you coming back? Uh, you know what? Uh, okay. The, I, I won't tell you this. Um, we talked last year, uh, the beginning of last year, and I spoke with WWE, and there was interest on both sides. And they were t- they told me uh, that they would, uh, you know, get a hold of me when, when the time was right. Uh, I haven't heard anything. Uh, every year around the Royal Rumble, the rumors start flying, and, you know, you hear the Goldbergs and the Kurt Angles and, and whoever else is there coming out of the woodwork. Um, they have not called me. Um, uh, the whole reason this rumor got started is because I told a couple promoters <laughs> that yeah. I did not want to book after April because if I did and WWE did bring me back, if they did, then I'd have to cancel. And that's not fair to the fans. And that's mm-hmm. not fair to the promoters. Uh, you know, for them to, to, to promote me for four or five months that I'm coming and then at the last second I, I, I cancel, that's not fair to anybody. But that's how WWE does things. So, um, you know, if they do call me back, I, I don't know when, and I don't know if they are, for, um, you know, if it's definite. Uh, they, they just said they had interest and they would get back to me. They haven't. So, um, you know, I do want to put the rumors to rest. I am not returning uh, for the Rumble. I'm not returning for WrestleMania. I don't know if I'm going to return. But I, I've had a great career and I'm happy with it. I I I only wanted to do this. The only reason I reached out to, to WWE to even uh, uh, have my career end there is for the fans. I'm not doing it for me. I, I, I have the money I want. Mm-hmm. I had the career I wanted. Um, you know, I, I just wanted to uh, say thank you, uh, especially to the WWE Universe fans that, uh, you know, a lot of them don't watch the other companies. So uh, the last 11 years, they haven't seen me wrestle. <laughs> And I've actually had a better career the last 11 years than my first seven years of WWE. But uh, unfortunately, a lot of those fans never saw it. So I just want to go back and say thank you. Uh, if that doesn't happen, I'm okay with it. Uh, a lot of people say, well, you deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. Well, that's not a guarantee. And, and you know, the only Hall of Fame that I, I desired to be in was the National Wrestling Hall of Fame, the real wrestling Hall of Fame, the Olympic wrestling. Mm-hmm, sure. and, and I got that. Um, if I do get inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame someday, I'll be happy. Uh, would it kill me not to? No. But, uh, pro wrestling is very important to me. Don't get me wrong. Uh, it's almost as important to me as Olympic wrestling was. So, 
it, it would be a very nice privilege to be inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame. But I'm very happy with my career, whether I go forward or not. Uh, can I still go? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I can still put myself in there as one of the top five best today at uh, 48 years old. I, I just watched that match, with, I, I, <laughs> that match you did with. That match you did with AJ go. Styles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Or Cody Rhodes. Yeah. AJ, boy, I'd love to go one more round with him. Man, <laughs> we had some fun. Yeah. But, oh, yeah. yeah. Um, well, I can, I can speak on behalf of every single person, every fan out there. We hope that you do come back. No doubt about that. We definitely hope that you come back. Vince, get on the phone with this man because he's absolutely <laughs> hey, one listen, of the Triple H. <laughs> yeah, Triple okay, H, Vince, if, whoever. If Snap did, I don't care. All right. If they did call me and I was going back, do you really think I would tell you? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> they wouldn't. Well, uh, <laughs> and trust me, that's what that we were saying. It's like, yeah, what's the chances he's going to say it right here, right now, and it would kill it? If he was going to make a surprise appearance, of course he's not going to tell us. So we'll just leave it hanging from everybody, even though he said he's not going to be in the Rumble. I will say, I will say I'm being honest. I was completely honest about what, what I just said about everything. But if if they did call me, which they haven't yet, I really wouldn't be able to tell anybody. Oh, we get that. Honestly, Kurt, I just thought the last 45 minutes that you and I had this this decent relationship that you would tell me. and the, Just, and the, just the us and the few that people that might you hear know, this. It's not that big of a deal. <laughs> so, no. All right. Well, well, you know what? When we get off the podcast, I'll tell right. you. <laughs> <laughs> no, but here, hey, honestly, man, like I say, uh, we, we do hope that you come back. But look, number one. Stay clean, stay healthy. You are an amazing yes, person. I absolutely positively love everything that you're doing with this app. Um, the app comes out January 15th, anglestrong.com next week. Correct, Kurt? Next week? Go yes, live? Sir. Yes, okay. Sir. Excellent. Hey, man, we greatly appreciate it. We've probably taken way too much of your time. So we greatly appreciate you coming no, on the show. I want to thank you for your time. I appreciate it, guys. Yeah, absolutely, man. And uh, you take care, and hopefully we'll see you in the WWE or any wrestling independent circuit. I don't care. I just want to see you again, man. Hopefully we'll see you this <laughs> coming guys. year. Absolutely. You take care. All man. right. Thank you, Kurt. Take care. Bye-bye. All right. Well, that was Kurt Angle. <laughs> yeah, I loved how he said You that. heard it. He's, He's coming back. <laughs> well, Didn't no, look that? at the promoters. It, well, that's the thing. So I've been listening to the news and you hear all the promoters saying that he could, you know, oh, well, he's not booking dates past his date. So obviously he's coming back to WWE and he's actually saying this. Why would he sabotage himself like that if he was coming back? Obviously, like he said, he's not going to just throw it out there. So I would love to see, uh, number one, I want to I, I want to see WWE come out with a uh, a DVD pack like they did for for Bret Hart, you know, the best of matches. But you won't see the best of matches if you can't add the TNA stuff into it with them. It, it was just so amazing. I mean, you know, like you, I think you even touched on it at the very beginning. He he really was one of the top three. I love that guy. I, and it wasn't just about the wrestling because we all knew he could wrestle. We all knew he was a fantastic wrestler. But when he was coming out, and obviously, oh, it's true. It's, it, he just, oh my goodness, he was I think, so amazing. Oh yeah, it's, I mean, you can sit here and pick people's career, uh, careers you apart, could. and you, could. you can take somebody like they said that Ric Flair suggested he'd stay with the WWE. Mm-hmm. There's only so far they can take you. You have to take yourself the rest of the way. And you could tell when Kurt started that he just had that extra something and he took it and he made himself a star. 
Really so I, I I have no complaints. Every match I've ever seen with him in it was was fantastic. I mean, there's some matches you watch, you'll forward through them, or you just stop watching, or that'll be the bathroom break. Or but it was never Kurt Angle's match. Trust me, it no. was never his match. John Cena, the first lot, one of the house shows I went and saw, he had mm-hmm. a match with John Cena. And then at the end of the show, I think I told you about this. Uh, when the, when they went off the air, him and Kurt went at it for like another twenty minutes, yeah, just yeah. for the people in the stadium. And I always thought that was fantastic so i, I really that was hope we always do. something really cool with those wwe house shows did you notice that like it was always after the you know or, or whether it was a raw or smackdown or whatever i i can honestly say one of my biggest memories was i went to a smackdown in baltimore and triple h did the same thing you know he he broke character and kind of started talking to the to the audience and it just made it so much more fun you know because you you had Triple H coming out and he was the ultimate heel at one point. Nobody hated Triple H. I mean, nobody liked Triple H. Everybody hated him. You know, mm-hmm. such a jerk, you know, and he would come down and he actually won the match and he beat the baby face at that time. The baby face walks out and he's standing there and he's screaming, he's hollering, he's doing his little thing. Next thing you know, the, the music goes off and he grabs the mic, the, you know, the cameras were off and then he just starts talking to everyone like a normal, you know, a normal person, you know, mm-hmm. and then, that's if, if you've never been to a WWE show, you gotta go. I mean, it really whether it's a house show, been, whether it's oh yeah, I've been I've been to some pay per views, I've been to some mm-hmm. house shows uh, way back. Even when Yokozuna, I, I, I've seen a bunch of the big ones. I remember way way back, I saw I saw uh, Andre the Giant, Big John Stud at a house show back at Hershey Park. I've seen quite a few shows at Hershey Park, all from that show to an in your house with when they were WWF, and then. Um, I saw WWE, a couple of WWE shows there. There's nothing like it. Uh, if you go to a wrestling event, uh, you, there's nothing like going to a WWE show. Uh, they pull all the stops out, you know, so they have great sound. Uh, just they put on a great show and they really put everything out there for you. So it's definitely something to go see. Uh, I agree. So, but man, I, I think we. For the first time this year, putting out a really good show. I mean, uh, I think the fans will be it will be great to hear this one coming out. So I'm really was happy I got the chance to talk to Kurt Angle, one of one of my favorite wrestlers. Absolutely. So. There's there's those times where you do the show and you're doing it for fun, and then there's those times where you kind of just you kind of nerd out, you kind of geek out, and mm-hmm. you're you know you get that point where you're like, oh my god, I'm I'm actually talking to. Kurt Angle, you know, yeah. that, that that's those are the things that make things fun about about doing the show here. Obviously, um, you know, we're we're very active on Twitter and Facebook. We we try to to get as many questions. And I apologize for not. We, we had like I, like I was saying before, we had over 100 and some odd questions. It was impossible to get them all. It no. just simply was. Uh, Kirk told us we had about maybe 20 or 30 minutes with him. I think we ended up going, 45, what, 40 whatever. something, you know, sorry, Kirk, but. You know, I'm not. we try to get as much. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, it, it, I think, like I say, we were kind of nerding out a little bit there, but I'm, you know, I, look, I, there, there's only so many apologies I can have, but at the end of the day, I'm not sorry, Kirk. I'm sorry. I'm not sorry, man. No, but, I, yeah, I, was, I, I was, he was very giving of his time and I, I appreciate that. So just so if anybody wants to, uh, you can find him on Facebook. You can also find him on Twitter at the real Kurt Angle, I think, is it the real Kurt Angle? Uh, real, real Kurt Angle. Yeah. That's right. at so, real Kurt Angle. yeah, exactly. It, He's always posting uh, Q&A sessions where he'll ask, you know, you can throw questions out and he'll answer them. He's very active on social media. So if you think that, you know, just the AppStrong 
app is the only way that anybody would get to talk to him. That's not true. He's very open with his time with his with his fans. And uh, even if we don't see him in WWE anymore, don't think you won't get a chance to see him wrestle. Maybe he'll go out and do some more indie shows. But like you said, he's kind of leaving himself out there to, in case something happens. So I, I personally hope that happens because he's going to get more, you know, people are going to more people are going to see him with WWE, obviously, since they are basically the NFL of wrestling. So, oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you know, like like he was talking, the the app comes out January 15th. Uh, the the anglestrong.com comes out next week and you know look all this for a dollar a day and like he said it does seem a little expensive but it's not i mean for your health i challenge anyone for this brand new year if you've got an addiction you're struggling with anything get this app it sounds amazing it's you get the chance to talk to kurt angle i mean come on you know well don't get addicted just for that but <laughs> um why don't you go ahead and tell people how you can find us? You can follow us. Well, you know, I'm the Twitter guy, you know, so when, whenever we're talking Twitter here, that's me. We're at Statement Show. Uh, let's see. What else? YouTube, Facebook, The Statement yeah. Show. YouTube, the, the Statement Show. We're all over the place. If you have any questions, comments, you want to tell us how great we are. Uh, oh, don't forget, thestatementshow.com. So. Oh, yeah, of course. Of course. Our uh, website. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so subscribe to us on iTunes and leave comments. You know, help us out and leave some comments for the show. Um, right. More great shows coming. So. Any question for us, uh, the statement show at gmail.com. And again, like uh, Zach said, www.thestatementshow.com. All right. Well, that ends another episode of the statement show. The lights are out. See ya. on that one. We're going to make him wait a little bit. He's never heard that question before. Yeah, he's never he's never heard that one. But before we do... It hurt my feelings a little bit because two years later, he wrapped it up. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that check was pretty good. The little tiara on, she had her tiara and you had one on. That was amazing. That was a great thing. Yeah, yeah. All right, if they did call me and I was going back, do you really think I would tell you? Nope. They wouldn't.